0: hello welcome back to the home focus after bedtime
1: a podcast where we denny and chris talk about the important past and future events along our journey to redefine our home focus in today's podcast we're going to be talking about going on longer road trips with kids if you have kids whether they be toddlers or teenagers you know that things can go south pretty quickly but there are some things that we'd like to do to set ourselves up for the most success. So today we're gonna talk about preparing our kids, our car, and ourselves for those successful trips. We hope you enjoy listening and following along as we try to make our dreams reality. So without further ado, let's get into it.
0: So to give you a little background, we have three children, ages three, two, and one. We have two that are in forward-facing car seats, and one that is still in a rear-facing car seat. We have two vehicles that we travel in. We travel in a van, and then we travel in a small SUV. And we're going to tell you what this is like and how we strategize this. So we're going to talk first about uh, the kind of trips that we go on. So we're going to be talking about trips that we plan to travel at least 50 to 60 miles, uh, maybe even hundreds of miles in the car with all the kids. And how we prepare for that, we... I think we do a pretty good job of it, but we'll see what you guys think, and if you guys have any recommendations of things that we could be doing differently, we'd also love to hear that. What car do we take most often? Well, we used to take the van everywhere, and then our van is older and it's had a lot of road time, so our van is becoming less reliable, so now we're having to transition into taking the red car, but I would say on most of our trips, we've always taken the van when we're going to be in there for a while. Why do you think we usually pack our van? One, because it's
1: larger, so we can pack more things in there. And two, because we can separate our kids. Because, as we said, we have a three, two, and a one-year-old, and they don't always get along very well. Nor do any kids of any age. So we like to pick the van because we put two in the middle seats with a blank space in between and one in the very back, which allows no one to be able to touch each other. (laughs) It's and true. everyone to have more space. There can be a mama up front. There can be a mama in the back. There can be two mamas up front. Can't be two in the back,
0: but... <laughs> Maybe one day. Self-driving vehicles are coming. Yeah. So we
1: used to always take the van for that, those reasons, but now we've been taking the red car and that takes a little bit more planning and a little bit more patience patience (laughs) and awareness of our kids behaviors and how they're feeling in that moment to see if that's a good idea or not because again three car seats took a while to figure out which ones we could fit three across in our suv once we found them we were very excited we could take this better gas mileage but then we ran into everyone's right next to each other. We've got our two forward facing kids on the outsides with our one rear facing child in the middle. And it's a very easy reach between feet and face for everyone. <laughs> Correct. So we, we start out by doing no shoes. Let's start with that. You can have socks, but you cannot have shoes. We learned our lesson there. Yep. Only did that once. Um, for everyone, little one in the middle can reach two legs sprawled out to hit both siblings on both sides. pow And then big kids on the
0: outsides can also reach the little one very easily. And big kid is, <laughs> both big kids are pretty strong now too, so that's fun. So,
1: with that being said, we have been traveling around in our SUV, which is great on gas mileage. Woohoo! Great, easier to find Parking that you're not concerned about. Easier driving anyway and smoother ride. Nicer to sit with two mamas up in the front seat next to each other.
0: Easier to cool. Much easier to cool. Very true. So I guess what we're trying to say is that the SUV has a lot of perks and the van's major perk is that it's bigger. Yes. Packing a lot of stuff, we'll talk about that though. It's definitely helpful, especially on long trips. So it may be only one thing, but that one thing can really be huge and save a trip. Let's talk about the stuff we pack. Let's talk about the fun stuff that we pack first. So we pack books, toys, crafts, food, puzzles, games, blankets. All the things that our kids might need to keep them entertained. Uh, Usually our kids uh, don't get noisy toys and we have screen-free kids. But on road trips is when they get the toys that make noise and flash and light up. And this is definitely where we save these for is the car. We enjoy
1: having our the inside of our house be toys that the kids have to manipulate themselves and make up the stories and play along as their imaginations go. And when we go in the car, that's where we... All out the window. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all, because we still don't do screens. We don't do anything that has video. Like, we're talking about it plays music when you push a button. Yeah, and like musical
0: instrument, the little keyboard things. Yeah, that's like spoiling to our kids,
1: so... They think it's fantastic, and they will play us songs and do all these things. So
0: we save those types of toys for car rides, and it seems to help. We also have to pack a variety of toys because our kids are at different developmental stages. So we pack little chew toys for the baby, uh, bigger kind of farm animal. They're usually like Fisher-Price guys that she can hold on to, and she just usually ends up banging them around and chewing on them. Uh, then our middle child, she kind of likes both, and she's really into books right now in the car, so we kind of give her big kid toys and little kid toys, and she just kind of gets whatever she wants, and then our big kid, he usually packs manipulatives and small animals, figurines, he's definitely a big fan of cars, we brought those a lot. So when we're going on these long trips, we
1: still don't pack too many toys. There is no need to go overboard because you will go through them in five minutes and then you're still at ground zero like you would if you only had one bucket of toys. Yeah, so we usually end up with about two small buckets of toys, one with little baby toys and one with toys for the bigger kids. And then we usually have the secret stash with the noisy ones that we don't just give them right away. Correct. So all those noisy toys we talk about, we don't include those in the buckets because... We wait until we get restless. (laughs) Those are for, like, the trip back when we are
0: starting to become tired of the car. But we do pack those as well. So we usually give them a pretty good assortment. Like Etch-A-Sketch, we have one of those. We'll pack one of those in. What else? One of those little viewfinders. That's what I was thinking about. That's a
1: popular one. They will spend minutes because you can't say hours they'll spend minutes on that uh, looking at the different things we have nature scenes in there right Mm -hmm. now and they will just sit and look at the waterfalls and things like that we also like to make sure that the boxes of toys that we pack for our children or the buckets that we pack for our children are within reach for them if we are in the van We have one toy bucket that goes back with our oldest in the back seat of the car. A lot of times there is a mama back there with him in order to help spread those toys out between the other two kids as well. But a lot of times we also have a bag or a bucket that our middle child in the middle seat can get for herself. The baby, we still have to dole out toys appropriately when she needs a new one or when we want to change things up. If we're in our SUV there's not quite that same space on the side of the car seats in order to have toys. The kids will stash some toys on the sides of their seats. They also have cup holders that they stash little plastic animals and figurines in. But we do in the SUV have to hand toys periodically.
0: And then we have a variety of music. We usually always make if it's gonna be a big trip, we make an effort to go to the library and Uh, Borrow some CDs from the library to make sure that they have an assortment of music and We usually pick stuff that we know that they'll like so things that are kind of themed around either animals or things that go And then we pick out kind of diverse ones just to give them some more exposure So sometimes we'll pick up some Spanish ones sometimes we'll pick up some world music ones with like African music or uh, music from South America Just to give them a little bit more exposure. It's forced exposure because usually they're like, done, done, next song, next song. But it gives them something. And then sometimes they'll really stick to one and they really like it. Yeah, and usually when we listen to a CD,
1: it can quickly become, skip that song, skip that song. I don't want this one. I want that one. I don't want... So a lot of the time we just say, we're going to listen to it from the beginning to the end. We're going to listen to every single song. That way there's no... Hurt feelings or arguments that they don't even believe in, but they're saying it because the other person wants it or doesn't want it just out of spite. So, a lot of times we just say,
0: We're gonna put this CD in and we're gonna listen to it. Yeah, and the then the, the expectation gets set from the beginning, which is also nice. That then they won't expect to be able to ask for it to be changed or repeated or anything like that. So, it sets that expectation early, which is good. And with
1: that being said, we do definitely have times where. We Hmm. can listen to the same song over and over and over again, and that's fine. Every kid wants to do that. They've got to learn how to sing it. They've got to enjoy that music. Luckily, in our SUV, you can hit repeat, and it just plays the same song over and over and over again. In our van, it does not, unfortunately, so that requires you to tap, which there are some songs that we listen to that are 20 seconds long, which is a lot of tapping when you're going on 100-mile road trips, but... It just depends on what kind of mood we are in, we dictate that Mm -hmm. and let them know.
0: All right. So we pack all of that stuff. Then we also pack backup stuff for the unexpected event that may or may not occur, or if tempers are flaring and everyone just kind of needs something to do, feeling restless, because we've gone on road trips where uh, it's just been rainy and we can't really get out and play anywhere because it's too disgusting out. So we just make an effort to pack some extra stuff in case we're like, okay, they were trapped in the car all day long while we did this. We need to have some other stuff to bring along. So we usually bring along a second set of stuff and stash it somewhere in the car out of sight. Uh, The van has like stow and go areas for the seats. So we utilize that uh, to bring some of our extra stuff. In our SUV, we tend to put it in the back.
1: Yeah, we put it where the spare tire is. There's a little bit of extra space in there
0: everything lives back and that's a good and that's a good hiding spot but yeah we've brought uh like lacing crafts and stickers and coloring Then we usually bring some extra just toys that they enjoy what else do we pack usually new books oh yep there we kids go kids are really
1: big into book reading so if you can pull out a book that they've never
0: seen before game over they'll they'll read that for a while Yeah, so we also pack just a ton of books. That is one thing that we definitely bring a lot of. Usually a big, a big box to be shared, and then we have also those extra books packed away. Again, we usually try and make an effort to go to the library, so that we do have some some fresh material for them to read that they get excited about. They do really get excited going to the library and just being able to pick out their own books, so it's a good time to let them know like, all right, we're gonna go pick out books to take on the road trip. And you know, the big thing is to make sure that they stay in the vehicle so that you come home with all of them. But it's something that they really do enjoy. Another thing that I find super helpful is
1: we have kind of a stash of one diaper in everyone's size that's either in the little pocket behind one of the seats or in the trunk of the car somewhere to where it's easily accessible, to where you've packed the car, your diaper bag is stuffed somewhere, and you just need a diaper to change really quickly. We always have that stash, and if I'm changing a diaper in the car, it's mostly going to be using that diaper. A lot of times, even if the diaper bag is sitting right in front of me, it's easier just to pull it out of the pocket and change the diaper. We always refill those before we go. We always make sure that we have a fully stocked diaper bag with all of the essentials. But I have found that that little stash, as simple as it may be, just makes it that much quicker to change a diaper, get the kid back in their seat and
0: to keep going. All right, let's talk about feeding our kids on the road because that's a lot. So do you wanna talk about breakfast first? Well,
1: first I'd like to put the caveat out there that Given that our jobs are within the medical field, we definitely recognize the safety concerns that come up with eating while in the car. For our bigger kids, it's one thing because they are forward-facing now, not reclined, but they are still buckled in, which is a huge safety issue. Our younger one is rear-facing and reclined, so we definitely think about that when we plan if we have to eat meals in the car. With that being said, we do eat in the car, we have snacks, we have meals in the car when needed. We tend to do breakfast in the car if we need to be somewhere early in the morning or if. We just have a long, long way to drive. Yeah, Getting if we started just. Early. If we just have a long way to drive and that gives us in 15 minutes that it takes them to eat their breakfast that they don't realize they've started their car trip. So any meal that we pack for the car is number one, not messy. We don't wanna have to clean up yogurt or something disgusting all over the car seats. We don't wanna make them drive in it the rest of the day. So we think about easy finger foods without the mess.
0: I would say one of our top breakfast choices is French toast, we do that often. French toast and pancakes, not and, but French toast or pancakes. Uh, We also sometimes do eggs with that. We do a lot of dried fruits Mm -hmm. for the fruit portion. Bananas, they're usually pretty okay. Usually they can manage a banana without too much mess for the big kids. Uh, we make sure that for their milk, we use sippy cups that uh, are pretty leak-proof and we make sure to bib them from head to toe and with a towel. That being said, the majority of the stuff vacuums out super easy, so it's not a big deal. I really like when we pack them French toast because it gets a little bit of protein, it's soft. I'm less concerned about them choking uh, with that. And I like pancakes because we use a protein pancake mix, so they get their carbohydrates, their proteins. I feel somewhat good about the fact that we're eating kind of on the road food. Then for lunch, we usually pack a cooler. If we're going on a long trip, we do pack a huge cooler with us, and we have tendency to bring also finger foods. So we'll bring crackers, cut up lunch meats and cheeses, some vegetables things that cut easily, sometimes I'll do melon. It just depends on also the weather, if we're planning to eat in the car versus if we're going to picnic somewhere. We've also planned to have uh, lunch out while we're there. So we've done that before. We have dropped by Costco, hey Costco, and picked up some pizzas. Really just depends on how much we're driving. Like if we're expecting to not be home for three meals, it is nice to take the burden off with one of them and be like, okay, for this meal, we're just gonna plan to eat out. But when we do pack, we tend to pack things that are also not so messy. So we try and stay away from, like, tuna and peanut butter because they get all over the car right now. What do you think we usually pack? What do you think is our normal go-to when we're on the road? Lunch meat sandwiches. They're your favorite, right? So
1: good. I eat them every day and love it. Every day you love it.
0: Love it. What is your favorite lunch meat sandwich? Ham. Ham. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. Would you never eat lunch meat sandwiches again if you didn't have to? Nope, I would not. <laughs> so, yeah, we feed that to our kids. Um, I like them, though. Uh, sometimes we'll do subs, though. We'll, we'll change it up just by a little bit, do some wraps as well. But we keep it pretty basic. We keep it kind of plain, and it works well. It's kind of nice. If you can, try and picnic out somewhere, find a park. Uh, even if it's raining, if you can find a pavilion, that's also nice. It gets them out of the car for a little bit. We make sure to pack plenty of stuff to clean up, so roll of paper towels, wet washcloths, we bring uh, like a three gallon water cooler with us, which actually works out very well for kind of anything. Like you need to wash off an apple that you forgot to wash, you need to wash some hands, you just need to fill up water bottles, it's super helpful.
1: And yeah. it helps our kids drink more because they think it's very novel and cool to have this huge water container. So they will very quickly drink their water bottles just to be able to fill them up, which is a plus when your kids are not so into drinking really
0: at all. Yeah. So it works out well. We also tend to pack a ton of snacks. Uh, one of the favorites that we have is dried pineapple. That was a pretty good one. The Kids also really like jerky. Uh, we cut it up very, very itty bitty tiny. But we do let them have jerky in the car, it's got protein, it's got salt, we'll live with the salt, it's fine. Uh, Also do seeds, pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds, they're a little bit messy but they vacuum out super easy when we're done. They also just brush out super easy if you're just like, these went everywhere, it's okay. Dried cereals, like Chex that are easy to pick up, Cheerios of course, Uh, the baby will bring some puffs and some biscuits, teething biscuits. Apple slices are another big one that we do. We brine them so that they don't brown. Clementines are also very good because they come in their own packaging. We also just bring an assortment of crackers, usually a bunch of different kinds of wheat crackers. But we bring a variety of foods. We make sure that our kids are well-fed throughout the day because when kids are tired, when kids are hungry, when kids are bored is when attitudes kind of change and things just get a little bit harder for everyone so we try and make sure that they are fed and have some degree of sleep or at least give them the opportunity to sleep so Danny was saying that we bring along blankets That's definitely also a novel thing that we really like it's our car blankets so if they want to fall asleep they theoretically can though our kids don't sleep in the car if you want to talk about that yeah
1: on our first trip we thought oh yes it's okay we will be out for nap time they will be exhausted. Will be coming home, and they'll nap on the way home. No one did. Our youngest child sometimes sleeps in the car, depending on how tired she is. But our two bigger kids do not nap in the car,
0: basically ever now. They never really have. But and our middle our middle child never has. Our older used to when he was younger, but our middle child has never slept in the car, even when she was a baby.
1: Correct. So no matter how tired they are, they could be exhausted, but they will stay awake. They will stare at their book just waiting for something to change. It doesn't. But they're always given the opportunity, and if they are comfy
0: enough to sleep, if they so choose to sleep. And we always try and give the time to, to do that with some not noisy toys. We turn off music, and we just kind of drive for a bit and see see if the sleep, the sleep comes upon them which it doesn't, but maybe one day it will. We don't know. All right, so I know that you used to road trip with your parents a lot as a kid. Where did you guys used to go?
1: We went all over the Pacific Northwest, all over the Western states. We traveled a lot for family vacations, for sports events. We kind of went everywhere. And what's one thing that you can take away from traveling with your parents? Well, we used to always travel at night, so we would get ready and go late in the evening so that everyone was tired and we would sleep as we drove and miraculously when we woke up we would be at our destination which was always really exciting it never felt like we were going for a long trip we just got comfy in our seats we had a van at the time and we would all just have our seats you could lay back and get as comfy as you wanted cool
0: that sounds like fun i i also have a similar memory but kind of the, the converse side of that. I remember taking a road trip when uh, I was younger with my, with my dad and we went out to see some family in the Midwest and he took his work van. And if you've ever been in a work van, they don't really recline more than an inch. Think about like less than an airplane seat. And I just remember thinking, I am so uncomfortable and this is as a kid. So I'm like, as an adult, I don't even wanna do that. But uh, comfort is definitely a thing to be appreciated when you're in the car. So we try and make our kids pretty comfortable. Uh, I also remember taking a road trip up to New England when I was a kid cause I'm originally from the East Coast and it was just nice to have multiple stops and multiple places to check out. So I think that's something as we get into kind of bigger road trips as our kids get older that I would like to do is to make sure that we do have plenty of stops to see things and there are things to look forward to in the next place because I really enjoyed touring uh, New England. We went to Salem and a bunch of other places out there and it was just super cool. What's the most memorable trip we've been on so far with our kids? So I will start this one. So we decided to take our kids to the beach in our van and normally the beach we go to is not that busy but as many beaches are there's one road in and one road out and it was a blistering hundred degree day in the pacific northwest and we went to the beach we decided to stay all day and then we went to leave And it said it was going to take us two and a half hours to get home, but we don't live more than 20 miles away from this place. So we sat in a ton of traffic and eventually our van overheated because our van's old and apparently we got a rock stuck up in our fan and it stopped cooling our engine. But uh, we ended up overheating, stuck on the side of the road. Luckily, Danny's parents were behind us and graciously took the kids home while I waited with the van. But this is where that extra stuff came in handy. Because we had a whole box of stuff that we could just pull out and send with the kids in the van. So I think that was extremely memorable. I think it spoke to our strengths for preparing. And I just thought thought it was a good moment, minus the fact that I think I was going to die of heat stroke out in the the van waiting. But it worked well for you guys, because you said that the kids were super thrilled about all the stuff that was in that box.
1: Yeah, we had some hidden crafts, some pasta that they could string on strings and stickers and new books and all kinds of coloring pages. With colored pencils, we have learned not to put crayons in those extra things just in case it is a 100 degree day like that, because then you'll go to get your crayons out and they'll all be melted. But colored pencils work well. We don't use markers in the car for obvious reasons but they we were able to pull out once we'd moved their car seats over into my parents car we were able to pull out this magic box of new toys and crafts and things and they were able to make it home and they thought it was really special so my most memorable successful trip that is was our most recent trip to go look at houses we were looking at a town that was around two hours away two and a half hours away so we had the long drive down there we had the multiple stops so i think we looked at like eight houses that day um tagging all three of our children along and then the long two two and a half hour trip back which always feels like it takes five hours to get home when you have that I remember that from being a kid, and when you're excited to be home, you just are done, and it feels like it's exponentially longer, even though it's not really. So that trip was really successful because we had it all planned out. There were some curveballs thrown at us as far as, oh, there's this other house. Let's do that. We thought we would be able to go down view those eight houses or whatnot and then come back around nap time in the afternoon well our agent had found a couple more houses which is fantastic but that meant that our plans had to change which is always a oh no what's going to happen a little concerning but we were able to adjust have a later lunch with our kids, give them lots of snacks, and come home after what would have been nap time, coming home around dinner time. But it was very successful in that we were able to entertain our children for the long ride down. We were able to stop and let them out and play at different places so that it wasn't, let's get out, spend five minutes looking at this house and let's go back in again. We did do that for some of them, but it wasn't all of the time. And that allowed our kids to get out, go run around the park, get some of that energy out, stretch their legs, and be excited to get back in the car to keep going. Luckily, we have amazing children who would tag along for all of that and be respectful and responsible within houses. But really we enjoyed that our preparation ahead of time paid off and allowed us to have that success
0: as we were driving around. So I think our biggest takeaways from this podcast is be prepared, set your kids up for success, think about what your kids need to be happy, whether that is if it's screens for your family, make sure you have it. If it's books, make sure you have them. Make sure your kids are well-fed, hydrated, warm and dry, or cool and dry. And that if you're able to get out and
1: stop, make those stops. A little 10-minute stop may be worth it. Sometimes for our kids, it's a little too much getting out and then having to get back in. That's just disheartening to anyone. So for us, we, if we're going to get out, we get out for a longer period of time
0: and then get back in. Well, that was fun. I can't wait to see what next trip we go on. It's probably going to be to look at another house, but you know, we'll plan some fun ones in the future too after we get the house. I hope that
1: you have found something that you can implement within your family to help on those longer road trips because we all want to enjoy them a little bit more. We don't want to be too concerned about, oh no, someone's melting. We have an hour longer to go and so-and-so is going to cry for an hour so i hope that you're able to find something that entertains your kids or another tip or trick that may help you on those trips as well if you haven't already please make sure to subscribe to this podcast the home focus after bedtime in order to get weekly updates on our progress we also have a blog at thehomefocus.com and an instagram at the and in case you didn't get that, that's the home focus with underscores instead of spaces. Thanks so much for listening to the home focus after bedtime.
0: We hope you'll come back next week. Do la do do do. I'm Denny and Chris. <laughs>